Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the Coach Show, episode 67. This is where we are answer your table tennis questions. Today, we're going to talk about Ofcharov's unique serve, how to improve your forehand defense, and how to create a champion table tennis player. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some uh, good answers out today and give uh, give you ping skillers some tips. Yes, indeed. Um, so is, is the video switching for you now, Alois? It is, yeah, all good. Thank you. That's great. Excellent to hear. Yeah, um, I'm having a few late nights. Alois, a lot of sport on at this time. I was up watching the tennis last night, um, seeing Andy Murray... Um, take out Thomas Burdich, so some good matches. I'm looking forward to the uh, semi-final tonight between Wawrinka and um, and Joker. the Joker. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting to watch. Uh, interesting to watch the Murray match. I must admit, I fell asleep in the fourth set a bit, but um, but yeah, interesting to see tactically what uh, Murray was doing. You know, he, as soon as he went wide into uh, into Burdich's backhand, he seemed to dominate the point from there on. So it was just it was interesting to see how the the points were playing out, and he he found a tactic that worked really well. Um, you know, going or finding a way to get wide into Burdich's backhand, and as soon as Burdich um, was struggling out there, then after that, Murray was able to dominate the rally. So uh, yeah, interesting to watch. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think tennis is um, interesting in the fact that their shots now have so much topspin on it compared with uh, like 10 years ago. It kind of reminds me of table tennis in some ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they're, they're, really, um, they're really using a lot of topspin now, aren't they? I mean, Nadal, Nadal is the classic um, topspin player. He, um, the amount of topspin he generates. And he's also got a very... Um, Table tennis forehand type of style, isn't it? You know, sort of finishing up, up here um, with the forehand, um, especially. So yeah, interesting to see the the relationships between between the two games. Yes. So um, let's move on to the Pink Skillers question um, from yesterday, Alice, which was, um, who is the most inspirational player you've ever seen? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I just came back from the um, Athletes with Disability National Championships, and I have to say. Um, you know, there's a lot of players there that uh, that really inspire me, and, and and I was just I was having a think about it um, yesterday, you know, and it's probably not even for the things that they do, but it's just the fact that they get on with playing, get on with life, get on with you know doing things, you know, if you see them in the street, I mean, you think, God, look at that guy, you know, he you know he can hardly walk, and um, and these guys are are out there playing table tennis, and it's not, and they don't they don't you know, blink, they don't um, even think about it or give it a consideration. They're just out there trying to improve our forehand, uh, their forehands and backhands and improve their games and, um, yeah, very inspirational to me. Uh, excellent. That's good to good answer there, Alice. I like that a lot. Um, so the Pink Seals question for today is, how many training sessions did you do last week? So, uh, I, as always, jump on, leave a comment, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. And an easy way to leave a comment is visit pingskills.com, click on the blog link, and then you'll find this show where you can add a comment. Alrighty. 
So Rock has jumped on and using the Q&A app on the Google Hangout has asked a question. Um, he asked one yesterday about tips for beating a tall player and we gave him a few tips about playing into the middle. Um, but he said today, hey, Ping Skills, your tips for the tall players didn't work on this guy. He's unbeatable. He just block, I smash, loop, chop, but it doesn't work. Please, do you have any other tips? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like um, there, there's certain levels. You know, like if you're playing, if you're playing a player that's a lot better than you, it's good to have those tactics in place. But you know, sometimes, sometimes they might just be up here and you're down there. Um, so it's it's a matter of then thinking about okay. I need to just improve my game more. I need to improve the level of my strokes so that I can start to um, make some inroads into tactically with that player. You know, like for example, um, yesterday with Murray. If Murray, if I was playing um, Burdich, um, it wouldn't matter how much I went wide into his backhand. My strokes just wouldn't be effective enough to to stop him. I mean, he'd just go over there and crack a backhand anyway. Um, because I just wouldn't have the ability or the speed or the power um, to to dominate his backhand like Murray did. So so there are levels as well. You know, you need to you need to think about. Okay, I uh, yesterday we talked about playing into his middle and playing good top spins into his middle. So I think you know, go back, work on your work on your top spin, work on your your speed, work on your your technique and see if you can get that better so that when you then play into his middle then that becomes a bit more effective as well. Okay, great answer. Alright, so yeah, Brock, see if you can get out on the table and start practicing those forehand top spins and see if you can improve them, maybe get some more spin on it, some more speed on it and then see if you can start using those tactics to trouble this really good player. Okay, um, Next question is from Earl Alloys, who says, "In my defence, oh, my defence says my defence is dominant on my backhand. So when the attacker attacks, I automatically switch to the backhand. I'm weaker on the forehand. Do you have any tips?" Yeah, so I think you know, in training, um, try to set s some guidelines for yourself that. If the ball comes over onto this side of the table, so you could even use the, the table as a guide. So um, if the ball comes to the right of the middle line, that you have to use your forehand. If the ball comes on the left of the middle line, you have to use your backhand. So, so training is where that starts. Um, and just setting some guidelines for yourself. If you want to play more forehands, then set a line on the table and um, utilize your forehand more. Sometimes uh, when a lot of players talk about, you know, my backhand's dominant or my forehand's dominant, it can be a little bit just the way you, you set up or the way or the way that you're thinking about it. If you're always thinking that your backhand's dominant, then you'll just keep going across and playing backhands from everywhere on the table. Um, if you start to think, okay, I need to improve my forehand, I need to utilize it more, then you'll start to um, utilize the forehand as well. Um, also think about your setup. So if you're um, turned this way to the table, then you'll tend to use your backhand a little bit more. Um, if you're square or if you're a little bit this way, um, or you know if you turn all the way around this way, then you're going to use your forehand more. So just 
think about the positioning of your feet as well to make sure that you're in a good position to be able to play both backhand and forehand with the with the defence. Yeah, really good tips there, Alice. I particularly like the the mindset. You know, um, thinking oh, I need to improve my forehand, so that way you start working on it more rather than continuously playing the backhand. Now, in a very related question, Nicholas has asked. He says, I'm having trouble chopping the ball with my forehand in a match. Where it goes too far or too high, I just miss the ball. Do you have any suggestions as to how I can fix this? Yeah, so um, so Nicholas, yes, uh, so firstly, yeah, think about you know, the, your position um, at the table uh, to, to be able to play your forehand better. But So with the actual stroke, um, with the forehand chop, it's a little bit more awkward. Um, especially if you're close to the table, make sure you've got a nice relaxed um, hand because that will help you to utilise um, or change the angle of your racket uh, better. If your hand's very stiff, then this ball here becomes very, very difficult on the forehand push or the forehand chop. So relax your hand and make sure that you're turning to play that forehand defence or the forehand push as well. Um, if the ball's going up too high, it can be a couple of things. Uh, one is you could have your bat um, maybe too flat or too open, and they're getting when they're getting more topspin. So try to brush underneath the ball a little bit more. If you brush underneath the ball, then you'll start to send the ball more directly forward. Um, if you have an open racket and just tap the ball, the ball will tend to go high. But if you have an open racket and brush the ball then the ball will tend to have the backspin and go directly um, uh, towards the other person and a bit, little bit lower over the net as well. So, um, yeah, so brushing the ball can really help there. Yeah, so I guess, Alois, with all these strokes, when you're first learning them, the important thing is repetition. So just practice them often as you can, and then the better you get in practice, then that will eventually transfer into the match. So... Is it good for them just to get someone to, you know, loop to them and just practice chopping over and over for 10 minutes or, or something like that? Yes, it certainly is. So if you've got someone strong enough that can um, topspin to you consistently, then, yeah, get them to do that um, and, and practice your forehand as much as you can. But um, if you haven't got someone that, that can topspin consistently to your chop, multi-ball is a great way of practicing your chopping. So get someone to stand with a box of balls close to the net and just um, hit them out with some really good topspin at you um, to the forehand side and, and just start to practice that stroke a little bit more. Yeah, and I think some people might be daunted by that prospect of feeding multi-ball, but it's, it's really just a skill that you can learn with a bit of practice, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, multi-ball is... a fairly simple skill that you can learn and you can teach um, a lot of players um, even if they're not very skilled at table tennis so yeah multiball is a great way and we've got we've got some good tips on um, on our site in the multiball section for that as well cool all right and I'll leave some notes uh, in the show notes um, about how to look at those multiball videos so yeah Nicholas hopefully that helps you out with your forehand chop um, I'll leave a link also to the forehand chop video so you can just make sure you've got the correct start and finish positions and you've got all the basics right. But then it's a matter of just getting out on the table and practicing it over and over and over 
and um, you'll get you'll get better at it. So good luck, Nicholas. Okay, now Young has asked a question. He says, "My son is just ten years old and quite interested in learning table tennis, and his dream is of becoming a world champ. He is prepared to do anything to be a master and hold the trophy. My full support is with him." Should I buy a table for him, or is 10 years too young? Yeah, so firstly, um, 10 years isn't too young. Um, 10 years is a good time to, uh, to start and to learn the, learn the game. Um, so if you have the ability to buy him a table, definitely do it. Um, the more he can hit the ball, the more he can play, <coughs> the better he's going to get. So um, that's the first thing. The second thing is... Make sure, and this is really important, that you don't that you don't push push him too much at this stage. Make sure that he's the one that is really um, dragging you out onto the table um, and wanting to to play more. Because um, the more you push um, and the more you have those aspirations for him, um, you the the worse it's going to get. And I've seen it over and over and over with parents and young kids. So. Just make sure that um, that he's the one that's pushing you to go out and, and do the practice and you know have those dreams of um, of being world champion and all those sorts of things. So, um, really important point for for parents, um, particularly um, with with their kids at, at that age. So, let him enjoy the game. Let him play as much as he can. Let him practice. Um, and having a table at home would certainly help that because it's an easy way then to uh, to go out and practice and, and do some skills. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, isn't it, Alois? Um, I mean, if you look at some famous tennis players, you see their parents have really pushed them, like you know Agassi and, and the Williams sisters, and they've kind of built these champions. Um, so are they good examples to follow? Um, well... Uh... If you if you if you read Agassi's book, no, um, you know, like, um, yeah, there's um, I mean, parents and parents and pushing, um, you know, really really doesn't work. Um, you know, there there are the exceptions, and you know, there are some of these cases where you know the players end up being fantastic players and all that sort of stuff. But um, for every one of those stories, there's another hundred kids that. Well, probably another thousand kids that end up hating the game and never playing again. So, um, yeah, just don't do it. Okay, good tips. All right, so make sure it's your kid that's really got the dream and the passion and the fire. And you know, it's great for kids to have those dreams of becoming world champions. So, um, yeah, good luck um, with your son and his table tennis. Hopefully, he keeps enjoying it for many years to come. Thanks for the question, Young. Very interesting one. All right, um, let's go on to Ovtarov serve. Dai has asked a question. He says, "Please explain how Ovtarov does his serve and why." <laughs> the the why is a really good question, isn't it? Um, so Ovtarov has a ridiculous backhand serve. I mean, it's, it is it is a fantastic serve, um, and it, and he really. Um, has found a way to incorporate into it into his game and to u- utilize it so well. Um, so basically, he starts really low down here somewhere, basically, um, to do his serve, and um, and and 
really right around and then spins all the way around when he when he actually executes his serve. Um, it works for him, you know. Like uh, it's it's something that he's obviously grown up with, something that he has developed over a lot of time, and he now has the pattern in his mind of what happens after he does that serve. So he's down really low, he gets there, he does his backhand serve, and he finds a good position then to play a rally really quickly. So um, that's why, I mean, the, the reason is that he has developed over time, he's developed um, that serve over time, and it fits comfortably um, into his game, it fits comfortably into him being able to move into the next ball to be able to play the rally well. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting serve. We've done a we've done a little bit of a video on it um, previously. So I think if you if you go to that link, um, and Jeff will put that up on the site for us. Um, if you go to that link, you'll see see us demonstrating the serve and a few explanations about it as well. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Um, I guess the key with serving if to have an effective serve is kind of variation and to have that variation you also need to have a serve that you can generate lots of spin on and so even though it's a weird action I guess the important thing is in the end can you get the bat moving fast and get a fast brushing contact on the serve to generate that spin. Yeah definitely and 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 the, and the other really critical thing um, as well of being able to transition into the next ball. So if you watch all the better players, we, we did a, um, a bit of a uh, analysis on it. Um, watch the transition of the the best players from their serve to the next ball. Um, you know, Zheng Zhiku, uh does his serve and he jumps into position and he's ready for that next ball straight away. So um, find a find a serve that you that you find gets you into a good position you to play a rally well. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the question, Di. All right. Now, Brock has asked another question. Alois, he says, how can I improve my forehand topspin? When I do it, it always hits the net. Am I missing something? Um, yeah. So the, the forehand topspin and one of the real keys for the forehand topspin for me is the finish position. So if you get your finish position right, you'll start to get a good shape on the ball, good topspin and um, the ball will start going onto the table. If the ball's always going into the net, then maybe you need to just open the angle of your racket slightly. So it's not like opening it from here to here, it's just opening it from there to there or from there to there um, to, to make the difference to get the ball over the net. So experiment with that, but firstly make sure you've got the shape of your stroke correct and the shape of the ball going over the net correct with that top spin. Okay, so if you get that right, you're going to get more topspin on the ball, which is going to make it dip and, and make it more consistent. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's such a such an important stroke. It's worth getting right. Okay, excellent. That sounds good. I was going to say something else about that, but I've completely forgotten what I was going to say, Alice. So um, I uh, guess... That's all right. You're getting old, Jeff. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. It happens to all of us. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, good luck with that, uh, Brock. Um, keep practicing that forehand topspin, and hopefully you'll get better. It was going to be a really good point, though, Alice. I can't remember what it was, but I thought that's a yeah, great I was, point. Yes, I, I was talking to someone about Alzheimer's the other day, so I'll... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, all right, that wraps up the show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you check out pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter to get lots of table tennis tips. And um, I hope everyone has a great weekend. We will uh, be back next week with more shows. So thank you, everyone, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and have a great day, Ping Skillers. Have a great weekend, and you know, definitely get yourself out there on the table this weekend. Excellent. All right, see you guys. Bye.